Welcome to the Silver and Mature Womanpreneur Podcast, a podcast for and by women over 50, providing faith-building strategies for female entrepreneurs looking to achieve higher levels of productivity, capacity, and growth, where we strive to focus on God's agenda while building our businesses to serve our community with excellence. Welcome to the podcast. So thank you so much for joining me. So a little bit just for the sake of those that's going to be listening to the, to the uh, podcast, um, a little background on Chris is that she's a mom, she's a Christian, she's a writer, a storyteller, and a mountain dweller, yes. uh, daughter. And I, I want to hear a little, bit, a little more about that, uh, a mountain dweller, uh, daughter, sister, friend, and um, Chris and I met, actually, it was probably like 2017, I think. Uh, we met at a, um, a um, retreat, a retreat, yep. Christian Entrepreneurs Retreat, mm-hmm. retreat, retreat uh, in Salt Lake City, <laughs> in Salt Lake City. And so, and so uh, I remember you were sitting there, and you know, because none of us really knew each other. We were that's you know, right, the, the first one. The yeah, we, yeah, this was the first one. And mm-hmm. so uh, I remember you were sitting on the couch, and you were just kind of sitting there by yourself. And I was like, I'm going to go and talk to her. And so it was like you just kind, it just you just kind of stood out to me. You know, I was like. I'm going to go and talk to her. And so I just came over there. And it was like when we started talking, it was like we already knew each other, yes. <laughs> you know, and it was so, oh, we, you yes. know, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, yeah. So, so that's how we met. And so I wanted to have you on so that, you know, we can inspire those women who are, as they say in, um, I don't know, some people call it, uh, women of a certain age or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call yep. it. But baby boomers, I like to call us silver and maturepreneur. And for those of us who may not see Chris, you, she has beautiful silver hair. Oh, and thank so you. I, I got, lucky. got lucky. Got <laughs> lucky. <laughs> and, <so, laughs> and so it is so awesome to have you on here. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, like on your Facebook page, I wanted to ask you about this quote that you have on your Facebook page because I went and snooping. I didn't know that, that um, I had never heard this quote before, but the quote is, and it seemed to him that, as in his dream in the house of Bombadil, the gray rain curtain turned all to silver glass and mm-hmm. was rolled back, and he beheld white shores and beyond them a far green country under a swift sunrise. Mm-hmm. And that was so beautiful. And I see that as J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. Yes, indeed. He is the author of The Lord of the Rings. Got it. Got it. See, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And and in fact, Tolkien, well, well, he's so brilliant anyway. And of course, The uh, Lord of the Rings has been a huge, huge impact on culture, um, certainly to the books, which are still one of the best-selling books ever, every year, year upon year. And of course, the movies. 
Um, love the movies, but in the books, which is uh, it's actually one monster huge book that is probably my favorite quote. And the background of that is is that Tolkien was a devout Christian, was Catholic, but a devout believer. So when you know that, then you can start seeing all of the Christian allegories and metaphors that were in fact in the book. And we know because who Tolkien was, that Gandalf, his wizard character, was talking about Tolkien's conception and vision of heaven. So I love, love, love that quote. Wow. That is that is really interesting because I could see I could see that there was a you know, Christian type of, you know, um, underlying theme there, you mm-hmm. know. And so, mm-hmm. but I never watched the movie, so, you know, I, no, no particular reason. I just, I just never watched the movie. But, um, and so that's why I'm not familiar uh, with it. But that is, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that is her favorite. So that is her favorite quote. So that's why I wanted to ask you, you know, like, Wow, it's it was profound. I thought it was I thought it was your quote at first. Oh, I, I thought, wish I <laughs> wish I could write like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know you know yeah. what though that is my the reason I love that quote so much. It's beautiful anyhow, is because is. that is exactly my conception of life, especially of Christian life. We are mm-hmm. in a battle. We're in a battle mm-hmm. for souls. We're in a battle for carrying out the meaning and purposes of our lives when we're saved. We're mm-hmm. in the business of helping God to grow his kingdom so that as many people as may be saved will be saved, which is exactly what he said. Why mm-hmm. are you waiting, the angel said, in mm-hmm. the field of wheat and weeds? And he says, I want to bring as many to me as possible, as I have will to come before the end. So that's, uh, yeah, but then the end, and I don't want anybody to be lost, neither does God, I'll leave that to him. But at the end, for those of us who are saved, what will we be seeing through those opening gates, through the doors flinging wide, new heaven and the new earth. And we are rulers of it as well as his servants. It's just, I, uh, to me, heaven informs earth. It doesn't replace it because this is a short life, but it's an important one because this is where people make the decisions to be saved and then once saved, make the decision to become more like Christ and obey God. That could not be more important. Wow, you are absolutely right. And I just I just love how you how you articulated that. That was it shows it really it really illuminates your storytelling, you know, um uh, giftedness, giftedness. And so so tell me Let's kind of move into a little bit of your writing because I want to talk about, yep. you know, as we were talking earlier about your writing and what you're doing and things like that. So let's talk about your writing and your storytelling. And I do want to get to the mountain dweller part too. So tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, you got it. On the <laughs> books, I, all of my books are, in fact, Christian. It's just the way God has, what is God, God has given me that to do, right? 
So they are divided into fiction and nonfiction. Now, the nonfiction, the Christian nonfiction, there are two. And uh, the first one is um, The Devil Came Down to Chinatown. And that is a true, a true story, of course. It's nonfiction. In the late 1800s, after the uh, black slaves were freed um, and still living, you know, it was a very, very difficult life, but they, they were freed people by then. And um, into the early 1900s, there was a population group that had never been legally enslaved because by then uh, slavery was illegal in the United States. But what was happening was that Chinese, both from mainland China and Hong Kong, were coming in in droves, mostly men, to be miners. Right, and after that, after the gold, after the uh, uh, gold mines started running out along the west coast, then they came to work on the railroads. Now, this is all pretty well-known history. What happened, however, that we don't hear as much because it's shameful, were the women. Mm. Now, mm. so the women were primarily trafficked in. These were peasant women who were told that, and they, they go to the United States. And there will be respectable husbands waiting for them there. Well, there weren't any husbands, respectable or otherwise. What was waiting there were barred and locked brothels. These women were trafficked from San Diego to Los Angeles to San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver. Most of them lasted two to four years. They had children. The children raised in the brothels, you can imagine what happened to them. It was pure on slavery, and it was horrific. Now, there were missions for the Chinese men, and I want to make it really clear that now in 2021, we'd look back at some of the white church members' beliefs about Chinese refugees, and we'd be like, whoa, you know, because they were coming from such a place, the whites were come from such a place of white superiority. But I, that was cultural. Within their cultural, within what they didn't know was wrong, they did what was right in that they knew this. these were people, the Chinese, that desperately needed help, and they did their best to help them, and they accomplished a lot. But no one was working with the Chinese women because they were mostly prostitutes. And nice white Christians did not help prostitutes, right? But God really spoke to women and the, primarily the Presbyterian and the Methodist Episcopal denominations, which would later become the United Methodists. And they began, these women, with very little male help, began to build missions in, this, in the uh, Chinatowns of these cities. The two biggest missions with the most impact were in San Francisco. And what they did is they ended up rescuing these prostitutes as about two, and their children, as about, oh, the next 20 years passed by, the uh, women, the American women who were doing the rescuing actually started going into the back alleys of Chinatown with axes and with the few policemen that they could actually find and, and, and split the doors down and, and they knew what the hidden rooms looked like and they took walls down and these mm, <laughs> respectable wow. middle-class Christian women we're, we're getting the Chinese girls and their kids out. And um, meanwhile, the Tong gets involved, the terrible tri uh, uh, triad, the Christian gangs, because they were, of course, trafficking the women, and there were fights in the street. 
And then the women went to work in the courts to see who the friendly judges were and to expose the judges that were on the Tong's payroll. And then ended up in um, 1906 with the great San Francisco earthquake, which of course destroyed by shaking and burning a liquefaction, uh, a, a, a huge amount of San Francisco, both of the missions were destroyed. They were, they were shaken down and burned. The women led out the Chinese, many of whom were very young, right? That very few older women, they mostly died by then, led out their Chinese women and children. There were about 50 in each group, two different missions. Both, both groups made it through a burning, destroyed city to safety. Not a single woman or child or baby was injured. Talk about the hand of God. Both missions are actually there today. They were rebuilt. One is the uh, Donaldina. I just forgot her name. Anyway, the Presbyterian mission is still a Presbyterian mission. And the Methodist one is still a Methodist one. And both of them now are active in education and evangelism and uh, social change and justice for the Chinese populations of San Francisco's Chinatown. Boy, it took a long time to explain that, and that's just one book. <laughs> but anyway, and that's still what I do. Even with the nonfiction, yeah. it's stories. Yeah. It's true stories. Yeah, and I mean, that is so, so fascinating. And, you know, we, we're probably going to have to do a totally – different podcasts, you know, to get, you know, to dive into all of this, but <laughs> I know we probably, oh, maybe four or five, no, I'm kidding, but anyway, and I don't need to, you know, tell you the rest of my thousands of books, but, but that's the kind of thing I do, and even in the, yeah. uh, the fiction books, which funnily enough, because I think I'm hilarious, they are actually supernatural <laughs> thrillers with monsters, set in the 1920s, they're still Christian, they have a sense of humor, so uh, the audiences don't necessarily cross over, even though it's Christian fiction. <laughs> that, what didn't I tell you? That life is a battleground. Much of it's blessed, some of it's yeah. funny, some of it's life and death. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it, I don't actually believe that there were Wendigo and, you know, werewolves and militant ghosts running around the world. But I absolutely believe there are demons. And absolutely, yes. we're stronger than they are in Christ, but we're going yes. to need them sometimes, whether we recognize them yeah. or not. Yeah. That stuff is real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how many books have you written, by the way? I don't think I've ever five. Well, since I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. Five and a half. The half actually formed the core of the fifth full-length book. So five full-length books. Um, the two nonfiction, The Devil Came Down to Chinatown, which I, I just uh, talked about, and my most recent book of all was one of the nonfictions, and that is Open the Floodgates, The Transforming Power of Christian Imaging Prayer, which is where, as you know, Eldrima, where I mm-hmm. teach mm-hmm. how to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow mm-hmm. him to meet you in your imagination, subject to the framework mm-hmm. of the Bible. And the uh, three fiction ones are, let me see here, the Crown, they're a series, uh, The Crown Serpent and Dark Border, and the Shadow Eaters, and I'm in the middle of the fourth one now, which is called Cold Harvest. And they all take place in the 1920s with a Christian heroine who just is so irri- is beyond irritated at the fact that monsters keep coming in her life. And she just doesn't like it, but she's got to do it anyway. I love her. Right. 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, now here, now here's my question. So, what do you plan? What are your plans to do with your books? Are you planning to just, you know, do that, or is this going to be, you know, screenwriting? Are they going to turn into movies, or what's go, what's the next step? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I could, I will, sorry, as long as I've got my brain, uh, keep writing books. All right, because I love mm-hmm. it. It's a huge accomplishment for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't marketed them that much because in all the years of working for myself, and I've been working for myself for 20 years, um, I'm not great at marketing. I tend to avoid it. So um, I need to do more just to get the books out. But, um, I, you know, I want them to sell. We're talking about the fiction now. I want them to mm-hmm. sell, and I want people to start enjoying the series. What? Is happening now is very, very similar to most new writers of fiction, because I've only written fiction in the last four, three or four years. And uh, they'll get more, they'll get out more as I write more series and do more. Now, for the nonfiction books, I would like those, especially the new one, which is Open the Floodgate, because that's teaching. Um, mm-hmm. I would like those to help to fuel my. It's my business. I, I tend to call it my ministry because, as you know, I'm still a copywriter, and mm-hmm. so I do have that business. But here's the plan. Um, the two things that I've been doing for Christian ministry for a long, long time is writing and teaching. Mm-hmm. Now, that's teaching weekly Bible studies. It's also teaching online. Uh, it's presenting courses so and speaking. I also do – I do some platform speaking, and that's fun. But most of what I do when I do speak in front of an audience, which, of course, you know, didn't happen during the shutdown, is my one-act plays that yeah, I wrote. Talk about that. In, talk about yeah, that. and one, for example, probably my most popular one because I'm Methodist, is Susanna mm-hmm. Wesley. So um, John Wesley's mother, John was the uh, father of Methodism, and mm-hmm. he said in the quote, he said after his mother passed away, that I learn more from my about Christianity and God from my mother than any theologian. So um, mm-hmm. she's wonderful. She's she's absolute kick. She wasn't perhaps the easiest person to get along with because Susanna, if she knew what you were supposed to do, and she usually did, she would tell you in exhaustive mm-hmm. detail. <laughs> Yet at the same time, she was an 18th century wife, you know, properly Mm -hmm. submissive. And she meant to be submissive, and she thought she was. But, yeah, anyway, she'd be very funny and very touching because also through Susanna, uh, in fact, the second part of of the, the play, is, which is a monologue, is her talking about her sons, John and Charles, who went to the United States. And their extreme failure there, it was a horrible stinking mess of a failure and then coming back to england uh, charles was not as affected john was deeply depressed and just wandering the streets one night he never said if he was planning on ending at all he probably wasn't you know going to do that but he was certainly in a terrible depression and uh he came across a sign for a mixed christian uh, sorry mixed uh, english and german speaking faith meeting Mm -hmm. and uh, he just kind of wandered in and that ended up becoming what's called the Aldersgate experience where John actually he was a Christian he loved God with all his heart but he received the power of the Holy Spirit in a way he never had before and Mm -hmm. he um, said later describing it that his heart 
my 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 heart was strangely warmed is the quote mm-hmm. now um before i knew any of this i didn't know any of this i wasn't methodist at the time it was presbyterian and i was going through a terrible time i've been divorced twice right uh you know really fabulous background and I think my son was born. Yeah, yeah, my son was born. Mm-hmm. But so we were going through at the same time. My my at the time husband and I. He was my second husband. A separation. Landed up in divorce. Separation. We were having to sell the house before they foreclosed it, and a bankruptcy. And I was the only one who was working. It mm-hmm. was terrible. And I remember I got very angry at God. And I was in my dining room and I yelled at him. And I said, because we needed the money, I said. Yours is the cattle on a thousand hills. What skin mm. is it off your nose to give us 5000 for the mortgage? Wow. That's a direct quote. Right. Now, I don't wow. remember, right? Oh, I was so pissed off. Pardon my French. Because I was doing oh. everything I could, right? And um, yeah. I don't honestly remember if it was that afternoon or if it was the next day. But it was within a day. I suddenly was still mad. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm mad at God. And I went up to my bedroom, and I loved my bedroom. I loved my house. That's part of how hard this all was. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting down in my glider rocking chair. And suddenly, I just sort of emptied out. Mm-hmm. And I remember I opened my mouth and said, and I forgot that it was from Job at the time. I didn't even know where it came from. And mm-hmm. I said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And get this, my heart got so, so hot that I was worried about it. Wow. I didn't even know, I did not know that John Wesley had gone through exactly the same thing 300 years earlier. Now, yeah, now, and I was okay. I wasn't happy, believe me, me, but I was all right. (laughs) And God got us through everything. We separated and had to sell the house and declare bankruptcy. But, you know, we mm-hmm. earned up later, speaking of Mount Dweller, I was able to move to my dream community in Wrightwood, California, start a ministry. And I never went to date again. I never did. But I've never been happier since then. And that's been almost 20 years. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that story because I know you, you and I have talked a little bit about that, you know, mm-hmm. when we you know, spend some time together at the retreat yep. and things like that. But I did not know, you know, to to that extent, you know, what had happened. And right. so the reason I the reason I say that I'm so glad that you shared that is because sometimes, you know, we do we may not admit it, but we do get mad at God about like yes. things, you know, when it doesn't seem doesn't seem like things are going the way we had planned or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, you know, and it's that's like, right. And I'm sure that there are people that maybe, you know, listening to this, uh, you know, recording this podcast, you know, so hopefully this will, you know, encourage people who are going through certain things who are, you know, feeling like they're at the end of their rope at, you know, yes. and, and they feel it, like, it does feel oh that way. Gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. you know, as as Christians, especially I think as Christian women, I think we mm-hmm. we're like, oh, you know, I don't want to get mad at God. It's not His fault. Well, no, it's not His fault. But you're mad anyway, and you think you're fooling Him. You think right. He doesn't know? <laughs> that right? Or are you going to surprise right. Him? 
Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Because I was sorry, Audrey, but I didn't know you were that mad. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, right. right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got to deal with the truth. Say, Lord, I know it's not your fault, but I feel like it is. I'm sorry. You know, whatever it takes. Exactly. Because he knows our heart. He knows. Yes. You know, it's it's like no. just like you you know anyway. So here, so I have another question for you. So because yes, you're a writer, and you know my husband is a writer. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, do you ever get writer's block? And if you do, what do you do about it? How do you get through you, it? You know, I don't anymore. I used to. Mm. Um, and and I'm a. I am a perfectionist procrastinator, so you, you would think that if anyone ever got a block, it would be me. But what mm-hmm. I learned is how I finally finished my first novel, which only took me like 30 years. <laughs> Mostly it's <laughs> that on a computer, and they, I never lost a file all those years. And mm-hmm. and and once I learned from that, I was able to apply to my nonfiction as well for my fiction. It's just mm-hmm. for me, make the skeleton. Know where you're going, mm. even if it's crazy, even if it ends up changing, it doesn't matter. You just wow. have all the little points, you know where you're going, and you got the general shift, and then, ow, thank you so much. My, sorry, my Siamese just batted my ankle. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> and once you have that, again, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, once you have the structure, then you can start mm-hmm. hanging clothes, hanging your stuff, and developing the paragraphs and the chapters and fleshing out the ideas. And then when, that, when you're able to do that once or twice, then you think, you know what? I'm going to trust this process. This works. Mm-hmm. If I just put all the stuff in here and I have the most basic structure, most basic skeleton, then it's all going to come together. And as I'm actively writing, the plot's going to, t- going to shape itself up or in the nonfiction, the structure's going to suddenly make sense. And you just mm-hmm. trust that it's going to work. Now, I pray over my stuff, too. But mm-hmm. this particular method, it just simply works because it gives the brain yeah. something to work for and a feeling yeah. of death. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did you always always know you were a writer or, you know? And yes, just, I did. How, I, how I, did you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, because I, I, I write. It's what I do. I've always been able to mm-hmm. write well and speak well. So, um, and I am, in fact, already a professional writer. I'm a business writer because, you know, that, that you can make money that way. And as I said, I supported my son both when I was married and then single because I never got help uh, from that quarter. And, uh, but I could always write. And so I used it, a lot of prayer, to make money because mm-hmm. I came home and worked for myself at, in 2005, and although telecommuting was just starting, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't very common yet, right? And, um, and I was like, my, my, my kid was five or six, between five and six. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want him to be in school, first grade, and then in daycare all day long. Because I, mm-hmm. I was driving uh, three hours a day to get back and forth to my uh, job as a paper because I was a journalist at that time. Oh, and okay. they, they were wonderful. They were lovely to work for. They loved Alex. But, you know, you kind of have to go to work. So, right. <laughs> and I have to miss stuff. And I was like, ah. <laughs> so, well, we, we work from home. And I'll tell you what, he yeah. works in miracles. 
you worked some miracles yeah, to get me home. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, okay, so we're, you know, I wanted the listeners to get, you know, to really, and I, and I know that they are getting a lot of nuggets because you did share, you know, like your process for writing and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what are some other tips that you could, you know, share with us in terms of business, in terms of writing, you know, that, um, you know, to kind of encourage people who are in this industry, whether it's, mm-hmm. whether it's a coach, I know you don't like that word coach, but. <laughs> I kind of don't, but I think I'm going to have to do it because apparently I'm the only one who has I'll problems do with it. I, <laughs> I love my coaches. I just, I'm like, I got a coach. Yes, right, of course. Right, right. I, I think so, what might, yeah. yeah, I think what might be helpful, let, let me talk a little bit about writing first. And the reason I say that because a lot of people enjoy writing anyway, whatever want to do it professionally, but a lot of people um, uh, look to it and say, well, if I were a writer, maybe I could be home with my kids, you know, because that was my driver. People mm-hmm. talk about having these great, fantastic motivations uh, to want to be a writer. I, I can't stop the words, and I have to change the world. And, you know, God bless them if that's what it is. For me, mm-hmm. it was I missed my son's kindergarten program, and I am really mm-hmm. mad. You know, that was mm-hmm. my great thing. But it was as a mom with her kid. And mm-hmm. what a lot of people start out with, however, is writing cheap little articles, cheap little blogs, you know, for $20 a pop or maybe no money at all, there are parts of the writing scene that will pay well. And I encourage people, especially moms and dads or, you know, single people, whoever, who have a background in a paying industry. So they might have gotten their college or graduate degree. They may be working in tech or finance, healthcare, right? These are all industries that pay writers, for writing. So don't think that you're just going to be poor or that if somebody wants to give you $30 a blog, it's a really great deal. It's not. It's okay when you're starting off, but it ain't the place you want to be. And the second thing is, if then you want to instead, or then maybe later, once you perhaps have a business writing career established, that you want to start writing books, do it. If you can already put words together and make sense and structure a persuasive or educational piece, you can write books. Um, I would get books to learn from, but you can learn that. You don't have to expense and, uh, invest in expensive training. You just learn and then you do it and it gets done. Mm. And again, this is from a perfectionist procrastinator of the first order. If I did it, because <laughs> I had the talent, <laughs> but I wasn't doing it, Right? Yeah. Doesn't matter how talented you are if you ain't doing it. So that, right. and on the speaking, now again, I've always been good with speaking, um, always mm-hmm. did it in and out of business business. And I want to speak, uh, I want to speak more than I have been. Again, COVID got in the way. So mm-hmm. I believe, okay, I'm sorry, this is going to sound like I'm out of order here, but let me move forward a little bit. I there are three parts now of my ministry. I still have my copywriting business, but I'm part-time mm-hmm. at it by, by choice, right? So I'd have time to do the other. The mm-hmm. Christian business that I hope to hang on to until I'm in the grave is, mm-hmm. right, is writing but books, especially writing books, um, speaking, and we'll say coaching because, uh, you know, I'm being ridiculous here, and in coaching, <laughs> spiritual Christian coaching. And the third piece, which is the newest piece for me, 
which is uh, uh, Christian coaching. I've actually been doing that for several years, but only with friends. As you know, Aldrema, in fact, you have an yeah. open invitation to let me pray <laughs> with you. Anytime you want, I'm there for you. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> well, good. I'm telling you, it's living out with time. I'm saying, great. Anyway, you know, that's what I do is, is I mentor people through listening prayer. And, but I didn't charge for it until just very recently because I felt really funny about it. Then God told me the laborers were their hire. But really, I'm just starting to build up that, that side of the business. I believe that as I start working with more individuals and groups, that the speaking opportunities will come naturally, organically, yeah. right out of that. Yeah. So I think those are very, very closely tied together. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, you know, when I you know, talk to people, it's like one thing just it kind of feeds into the other, you know, it's, yes, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not, you know, some people try to compartmentalize things, but it's just, it, it's like one thing feeds into the other. And I believe mm-hmm. that, you know, the way God created us, he wants us to use what we have, but it's also how he, you know, from one assignment to the other, they still feed each other, if that makes sense. Yes. Well yeah, said. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. And you know, everything in Christ, if we're following, mm-hmm. is organic and holistic and it's all mm-hmm. the will. But these things are things that we can see from the beginning are deeply yeah. connected. And it's just Absolutely. there. It's perfectly obvious. Yeah. 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 Is there anything that you do not like about your business? Well, I, I'm not making any money off the ministry. So it's fortunate that I'm not relying on it. Because um, yeah. I've got, um, as I said, I still, uh, even part-time copywriting, you can do well. And with mm-hmm. my retirement, because I officially retired a couple years ago, you know, financially I'm okay. Um, mm-hmm. I am praying, because you know, I'm, I'm so bad at marketing, I decided I to go with a very well-known, a very brilliant, and very Christian um, coach, which coaches people like me, uh, Christian entrepreneurs specifically, on breaking mm-hmm. into some much higher income levels. And mm-hmm. believe you me, this is more money I've ever spent on anything except the down payment of a car. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I'm a little cheap. I got to tell you, I'm a little cheap. And God was saying, yes. So I'm going, are you sure? I mean, I really asked God if he was sure about this. And he's got yeah. like, yes, <laughs> I did. So well, what I'm hoping and praying and believing is that around September, October, uh, more income would start to come in. And really, even a part-time income is fine because that will transition mm-hmm. and grow. But that's, yes, I would like to be making more money so I can not only live as I can already, but pay off debts. Yeah. I do have IRS debt. I made some big, fat tax mistakes as a freelancer, which I'm fixing, mm-hmm. but you know, there mm-hmm. it is. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, that'd be good. But I enjoy the work immensely. And I have to tell you, Aldrima, I don't like work. I don't like working. <laughs> and it's people are like, work is my bliss. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Cause I don't want the process. I don't, it's true. I don't love the process of anything. doesn't matter right. what it is. I like the goal. I'm goal-oriented, right. and I'll do it, but I do not right. like getting there, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it's it. True. Oh, it's true. Oh, it's so hilarious. true. 
<laughs> so, so, so for the for the sake of the listeners, so how will how how can people connect with you? You know, whether it's social media or what have you, and is there is there some you know something that you want to offer the listeners or what have you? Um, what um you got? sure. I'm trying to think what the best way is. Now, um, you know what I'll do if it's okay with you, Dreamer, is let me email you just a, a probably just a couple of links because I don't want to overwhelm okay. people with a whole bunch. But if they, I can um, email. Sorry, I'm walking mm-hmm. around because I'm all excited, so now I'm out of breath in our altitude. Um, <laughs> I can send you the link to the website, which has a ton, okay. ton of stuff on it. This is the ministry okay. website. And... I will email you along with it my Calendly link, uh, which I know you okay. have as well. You have a similar service, where mm-hmm. I am more than happy to get on on the line with people mm-hmm. who are seeking a way to go deeper with God, to hear mm-hmm. Him more clearly, and uh, to to know what He wants, to receive healing. I mean, just the amazing mm-hmm. things and deep Christian prayer that are available yeah. that not everyone knows, even though the Bible says it. Jesus makes yeah. all sorts of promises about prayer, but we don't always yeah. know how that's supposed to come out. Anyway, okay. so the website, which will give them a good idea about the things that we do, that I do, and they can join the newsletter if they want to, where I share mm-hmm. videos and articles and blogs and announcements about mm-hmm. the upcoming courses and the, the appointment link itself, because we'll be so happy to talk to people. Yeah. So you have some courses as well, right? Well, yes. Now, the, I have okay. a course. I actually pulled it because it was my very first okay. one, and I wasn't that happy with the audio. But I am oh, redoing it bigger fine. and better right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have a coaching program launching okay. in September or October. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it is yet. It'd be, I'm ready to film. I'm ready to make it. I'm like, Lord, maybe you should okay. tell me what I'm supposed to do it on. And I'll yeah. dream. I'll talk to you later about this, just you and me. Okay. But okay. this this particular talk has actually been instrumental in helping me decide what it's supposed to be. So thank gotcha. you. God is using you in a big way for me. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then as I said, I'm I'm refilming the course that I already did and I'm redoing on the fall mm. of Jericho and using mm. that true Bible story as a prayer guide for deliverance from wicked strongholds in people's lives. Yeah, Mm -hmm. powerful stuff. Mm. Wow, wow. That is so, so awesome. Well, I know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so excited that, you know, well, first of all, I'm I'm always excited to talk to you. And I'm sorry that we have not talked as often as we should, but... You know, I know. I'm so, so I'm so excited that we were able to reconnect and um, and and talk about what you're doing, kind of catch up on things, and you know, just it's just always so awesome to talk to you. I remember when we uh, sat down in because there were two um, retreats, and the second time, you know, I sat down with you was really. Uh, a time when I really connected on a deeper level with you. And so I just so appreciate mm-hmm. you, you know, for 
you know, who you are, who God has called you to be, what he's called you to, you know, do in the world and the impact. And so it was a very, very impactful conversation, you know, that we had. And so I just wanted mm-hmm. to thank you for that. Um, and I will oh. never, ever forget it. It was, you know, very, very helpful and impactful in my life. So um, oh, I don't know you. if I had a chance to tell you that, but yeah, yeah. You know, so I actually, I knew you. it. I knew it because I recognized yeah. the power of God. There was, and I, mm. I, I will say nothing personal at all, but I remember that very clearly that you were going through some uh, big decisions. Mm-hmm. You weren't sure what you wanted yep. to do. And here's the thing with the old mm-hmm. You are, you're, you're, you know, really smart and really gracious and kind and funny. You are also dignified. And when you don't want to mm. talk about something, you ain't going to talk about it. And nobody's going to mm. pull that out of you. <laughs> At all. And you will be really honest about it. You know, you were kind, but I was like, how are you? Well, I'm going through some stuff. But, you know, I'm not very great to talk about it. I was like, cool, cool. Okay. Right. I didn't try to get you to do it. I'm not one going to make you mad. And, right. uh, and then I went off, and, and God said, you know, it's this. And like, mm. I, like you've said, I am not by nature insightful into other people. I'm really not. And God mm. said, it's that. It's okay to say. Mm. And back and wow. said, is it this? I was so afraid you were going to yeah. be mad at me. And you were like, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we were able to pray about it, right? But yes. I'll never forget yes. that. And I felt a little dumb. Yeah. I was like, man, I hope I heard God right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's just Oh, my gosh. What a great, great conversation. I so enjoy this. And I, I really hate oh, to, I love to get it. off. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Keep, keep going. Well, thank and you. So, and like I said, um, and I'll tell you the details of it later. But once I, you know, I, I get a couple more decisions made in the next couple of days. But seriously, yeah. honey, you're a, this talk has, has helped me answer a huge question that I'm asking God about. It's where to take the coaching, right? Where to take the courses, yeah. where to take the teaching. And yeah. I know that this is a time I need to go through so I can listen to them more deeply. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just our talk right here in these 45 minutes or so has been wow. extremely helpful and very, 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 um, very blessed. So I appreciate that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Hi, this is Aldrema Harper, and thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you got value for where you are in your entrepreneurial endeavor. And if you'd like to know more about how I can further serve you, simply go to CoachDrema.com. Again, that's CoachDrema.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day.